Litwo, ojczyzno moja, ty jesteś jak zdrowie. Ile cię trzeba cenić, ten tylko żadowie, to cię stracił. Lithuania, my country, you are like good health. I never knew till now how precious, till I lost you. The most famous lines in Polish poetry about Lithuania, written by a Belarusian, or at least that's what Belarusians will tell you. Adam Mickiewicz's Pan Tadeusz offers a treat for connoisseurs of overlapping provincial and national identities. To understand those identities is to embark on a voyage of discovery that will explain why Poland and Lithuania are so involved in making the EU's and NATO's policy towards Ukraine and Russia. But I only have five minutes, so not tonight. <laughs> Suffice it to say that in 1795, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth was partitioned for the third and final time, with more than half the territory going to the Russian Empire. Pan Tadeusz is set in 1811 and 1812, when the former citizens of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania were hoping for the restoration of their Commonwealth and their union with Poland by Napoleon. Pan Tadeusz is about the land of lost childhood, a land of wooded hills and blue cornflowers on the winding banks of the river Niemen, now in western Belarus. There are still in London and elsewhere men and women now in their ninth, tenth, or even eleventh decade, to whom Pan Tadeusz sings of their lost homeland, of their childhood. Hundreds and thousands of such people were torn from their homeland, that very homeland, following the Soviet invasion of eastern Poland in 1939. Those people were deported eastward in crowded cattle trucks for thousands of miles. And then some of them, the lucky survivors, came to this country to form a great Polish emigration. Mickiewicz was part of the first great Polish emigration after the tragic rising of 1830-31. But when Pan Tadeusz was published in Paris in 1834, it disappointed those who wanted something more heroic from an epic poem of nearly 10,000 lines. But rather than dazzling with metaphysical pyrotechnics, it shone a critical but affectionate light on the neighbors and the families of Mickiewicz's own childhood. It is better read as a gently satirical commentary on the furthest provincial ripples of the Enlightenment than as a work of high romanticism. This is mock epic, not ridiculous, but nevertheless mock epic rather than the Iliad. And it is that, I think, that makes it more rather than less accessible to foreigners, not least in the utterly gorgeous film by Andrzej Wajda. The eponymous Tadeusz is a decent young patriot, not overly bookish, he wouldn't have got into UCL, and susceptible to female beauty. He faces a choice between an experienced older woman and an innocent younger one. Guess which one he marries. But the real hero of the story is his father, Jacek. He was a roistering nobleman who killed his neighbor in a fit of disappointed love and wounded pride when collaborating with the Russian invaders back in 1792. Having donned the coarse habit of a Franciscan, 
He expiates his sins while fighting for the national and the Napoleonic cause. On his deathbed, he wins the forgiveness of his sworn enemy and reconciles two estranged families. In this way, the very Polish romantic themes of sin and redemption make up the chief thread of the plot. But the plot is not in the foreground. Now, many, especially in modern Lithuania and Belarus, dismiss this poem as a tale of the Polish nobility. But the question of social justice is addressed. The happy couple decide not only to endow the peasants with the land they farm, but also, instead of freeing the peasants from serfdom, to make them nobles. This is a common trope in modern Polish thought. Instead of abolishing nobility, all are made nobles. And it's reflected in the way that Poles still address each other in the third person as pan or pani, literally lord or lady. For me, though, the main reason to read Pan Tadeusz is the shimmering beauty and gentle humor of the poetry, even in English. The Polish romantics are notoriously hard to translate, but Pan Tadeusz has two good translations. The standard bilingual translation here by Kenneth Mackenzie is in blank verse. It doesn't really sound very Polish, but it is elegant. There is also an out-of-print translation by the Polish-Australian Marcel Weyland, which reproduces the characteristic 13-syllable line of the original. So, in an adapted version from this one, I'll conclude with this, because there are many passages in Pantadeusz which express pride in the local customs, the landscape, the flora and the fauna, even the flies. I define Australian to beat this. Litva has flies aplenty. Among these, there hum a species quite distinct and called gentry by some, which in color and shape do resemble the others, but broader, bigger bellied than their vulgar brothers. They drone dreadfully, flying and vilely buzz too, and so strong they'll easily piece, pierce a spider's web through. If caught, one of these will for three days thrash about, for the spider itself it can wrestle and rout. Thank you. Thank you.